Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz here with Lauren Johnson, FMP. And this is going to be our fifth episode of doing Q&As that we gather from Instagram. So what we're going to start doing is at the beginning of the episode, like right now, going to list off what we're going to be talking about this one. And so here we go. We had a lot of testosterone questions, uh, fatty liver questions, uh, especially with people with high ALT. Um, and then this one is uh, kind of a broad spectrum, so to speak. So in large tonsils, uh, child, children who wake up in the middle of the night to pee multiple times, teeth grinding, and red cheeks at night. They all correlate, so we're going to group all those together. And then the last one is low stomach acid causes. So is there anyone that you want to tackle first, Lauren, or just go down the list? Um, Let's do the, the nighttime and tonsils. Um... Okay. First, I feel like that'll grab a bunch of people because it's such a big issue yep. um, in today's world. I mean, I I was seeing children doing well checks and I can't tell you how, and even in an urgent care setting, I can't tell you how common it is for children to have enlarged tonsils. It is, it is so common now. And part of it is because of this epidemic of small jaws, underdeveloped jaws, it's there. The jaw is back. Um, and if you look at it from a side profile, it's back first versus the nose and it impacts the airway and impacts the flow of lymph and the ability for all of it to drain. Um, and that is why you see so many kids getting their tonsils removed for sleep apnea, um, because it's all congested in there. And it's not like if we, if you remove the tonsils, sure, that will help open the airway up some, but you're still going to have this jaw and it's still going to impact the person later in life. Um, mm -hmm. And so it doesn't fix the problem. Um, I'm not saying it's not the wrong thing. I'm not saying you should never get tonsils removed because everyone has to make their own decision um, with that. But I do think people, uh, when doctors just say, remove the tonsils and that'll fix it. It's not, again, they're looking at a symptom of the problem. They're not looking at the problem that needs to be addressed. So what would you say about enlarged tonsils, Dr. Shirley? Yeah, so I echo all of that, uh, especially if I don't echo all of that, I'll probably get more hate on Instagram. <laughs> um, and uh, what I will say is uh, tonsils, I'm just going to start there, are immune organs. Yeah. So what is causing an immune response? And, you know, you and I talk about all the time we have, we basically have just dysbiosis. We have our microbes that are off, whether that's parasites, whether that's fungus, whether that's bad bacteria, whether that's viral. Um, and it, it comes down to, you know, what's going on in our environment. We're spreading pesticides. We got a ton of EMF. We're not eating properly. Um, you know, all that stuff, lack of exercise, all that leads to toxic microbes in the body. Yes, you can get it from environment, right? You travel abroad, you get parasites or bacteria. Everyone goes to Mexico, gets Montezuma's revenge, that type of stuff. Um, all of that will lead to inflammation in the immune system. And the tonsils are an immune organ. They're, you know, one of your first lines of defense. They're in your throat to, uh, to help protect you essentially. And so um, I always start there. Uh, obviously, with what you were saying with, you know, the change in facial structure and jaw and stuff that that is also a result of inflammation over time. Correct. Well, you're, right? they're not, you're not absorbing nutrients. If 
you have gut dysbiosis and that impacts your stomach acid production. You're not absorbing the nutrients from the food that you're eating. And that is one of the biggest issues with poor jaw development is, um, you know, is we see that they're just, they're, they're nutrient depleted. Um, and then that impacts their jaw development and then that impacts their risk for cavities and that will cause further dysbiosis. And, um, because if you have, mouth breathing, which you will, if you have a poor jaw development, because your tongue will not be able to touch the top of your mouth. Um, and then not, you'll be mouth breathing. You're entering in all this air into the mouth that should be filtered through your nose. The nose is supposed to be the one that's filtering in all this air, humidifying it, cleansing it. It's not supposed to be your mouth. And so the fact is that that, that is one of the reasons why those tonsils get so big because they're filtering all that stuff that they're not supposed to be filtering. Bingo. So if you're mouth breathing, you have an increased risk of cavities, you have this enlarged, um, enlarged tonsils, and it, it can all be related to a nutrient depletion from poor jaw development. Some genetics, I do think there is some at this point, we're at like this point where it's like, it's so ingrained in our genetics that it's just happening every time. And I, mm-hmm. so I get that it is like, well, that's just my, my, my dad had a poor, had a, had a palate expander or my mom did. And that's why I have to, but it's going to keep getting worse until, unless we fix the problem. Um, and the problem is chronic history of nutrient depletion due to poor, due to gut dysbiosis and infections, poor, poor food quality, eating, eating food that is cardboard and sugar mixed <laughs> together. Um, I, I mean, okay. That sounded kind of mean, I, but like, I'm from Kentucky. I can say it like there is a lot of food out there that is junk. And so we don't eat that. If you are a family that you have done all the right things and like you're organic, you're eating all the good stuff. Your kids are eating organs and whatever. And you still have a child that has poor jaw development. I'm sorry. I know it stinks. Most of my children do too. I would just say we are living in a time that is a product of, you know, the, 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 of, of our previous generation of toxicity, like t- Dr. Charlie was saying with all the toxicity with EMFs, I mean, where things are growing t- like times a billion, I mean, mold grows high, uh, faster in the presence of EMF. What else yeah. grows faster in the presence of EMF? Yeah, um, what other gut pathogens? And so we have to consider all of these factors and just know that we can't control everything, but we can control what we do put in our mouths and what we do about it. So yeah. What do you feel like we should do about these enlarged tonsils? Yeah. So um, before before I jump into that, just some of the other things that we were talking about with oh, like, yeah. you know, child who's that's peeing at night a lot um, with red cheeks and all this is, is symptoms of histamine overload essentially. Right. And these pathogens are creating histamine. Um, you've heard us talk about the histamine promoters, parasites, mold, EMF, cortisol, caffeine, not getting restful sleep, you know, all that stuff will increase that. And so um, one is to find the the root of what's causing it. You know, is it parasites? Um, a lot of times you'll see teeth grinding, which is another one we're talking about with parasites. Uh, my, you know, but you'll also influence... see that associated with the oral dysfunction, but is yep. it, is it parasites though, causing the nutrient depletion, causing the poor jaw, causing the, you know, the other things. I I think it's all like connected, but definitely yep. parasites can be related to teeth grinding and that oral, that poor oral airway. Yeah. My, my mentor Versendahl would always say, you know, if your teeth grinding, 
then it's either going to be a gut infection, parasitic, or it's going to be mental stress. And obviously, um, that will lead to nutrient depletion. Obviously, if you have mental stress, you your stress hormones high, you are breaking down more than building up. And so that will all lead to everything we've been talking about. Um, peeing at night, again, the bladder is very histamine sensitive. So histamine contracts the bladder wall. Uh, if we have tongue ties, right, the fascia of the tongue also relates to the fascia of the bladder. Um, so all of this is intermingled. It, it all is uh, this kind of the same animal, so to speak. One thing I will say is, you know, something easy to degrade histamine. I like Vervita Circutonic, and I also like uh, Scutellaria from, from Supreme. Um, if you want an even more intense antihistamine, then that's going to be Hatunia from Supreme. That really works on the mast cells, which are what secrete histamine. Um, but again, going back to your original question, what do we do for tonsils? You know, I, I like to clean out ear, nose, anything ear, nose, and throat with, um, I love Mirinda Supreme. I love Malia Supreme. And I also like Artemisia Supreme. Um, if you want liquid, then Usnea Supreme is really good for, for tonsils. Uh, and then obviously it's an immune organ. So I always say whenever there's an immune challenge that you throw in immune armor from Bervita. Yeah. So that is, is what comes to my mind. Is there anything else that comes to your mind? Um, yeah, I really love all of that. I love scutellaria for kids. I love that scutellaria increases melatonin too. So, I mean, you yeah. have several fat, like, and it helps with yeast, which often, Yeast is opportunistic. And so often these kids will probably have a yeast component in there. Mm -hmm. And so for a child that's waking up at night um, and going pee, but you're not seeing a whole lot of other issues, that might be a good herb to start, um, to start gentle um, and to see what goes from there. Um, if they have also have eczema or cradle cap or um, lots of ringworm or skin stuff, that might be like where I would go with that. Um yeah. You know, I, I personally love the, the Malia Mirinda. I think Malia is still my favorite herb. Um, Great. With children, it does taste super bitter. And so you may not get a younger one to take that. And so um, doing something more like Artemisia may be a better one for that. Uh, and Mirinda too. Mirinda is not bad. Yeah. Uh, Mirinda and Artemisia are pretty mild tasting. Yeah. Again, if you're looking still for liquid, Scutellaria and Usnea is probably going to be our top. I'd say Black yeah. Walnut would probably be after that. Yeah. And so, and then the other thing that I have to say about um, all of that is cleaning out the sinuses. Um, you know, I know a lot of my, my children won't personally let me um, do sinus rinsing. Um, if your children will, I think that is awesome. Uh, and you should go for it. Um, you, they can do like actual sinus rinsing where you, you know, you have the sinus rinsing bulb and then you, you, uh, you know, press it on one no nostril and then you uh, blow it out. If they can follow those commands, you don't want all that sitting back in there. So if they can't follow those commands, maybe not. Uh, but I do think Exlear or clear nasal spray, everyone says I say that wrong. And I'm like, well, how are, how people, if I say clear nasal spray, people are going to look up clear. They're not going to know what to look up. And so I, um, it's X-L-E-A-R nasal spray. Um, that's a really good one to cleanse those. Um, they have a kid's version that will cleanse the, the, the sinuses. Um, making sure you, you have like during the winter months, having a humidifier, um, mm. that not going above, um, not going above like 45, 50%. You really don't want it too high. Cause that can, that can definitely increase mold, but you definitely having humidified air is really helpful. Yeah. Um, doing, uh, uh, throat gargles, uh, with HOCL, the hypochlorous acid that is really great. Um, and, um, 
You could also do like the Cystus mouthwash. I love Cystus. It's a good biofilm buster. And so there's a mouthwash and you can like just gargle it. And that would be a really great way too to help with, help topically with those tonsils as well as red light. I like red light a lot. Me too. Um, for stuff like that, you can hold it over the neck. You can open the mouth and show it, shine it in on the tonsils. Um, you could, all of that's really, really, uh, great. And it's, but it does, you do need to be consistent with it. Um, it is one of those things that's not going to happen overnight. Totally. Um, and then, uh, on top of that's all at home stuff, any type of practitioners that you would recommend for enlarged tonsils? Yeah. I mean, so I, I really recommend a, a good biological airway dentist. Um, I know that it's not just, it's also the gut stuff. Um, but I ultimately, you're going to have to address some oral dysfunction, especially if they're mouth breathing at night. Cause you're just going to be, it's just a vicious cycle. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it just keeps happening because that mouth breathing sets you up for more gut infections and poor yep. digestion. And so I highly recommend a good airway biologic dentist. You're going to have to just call. There are some databases online, but they don't have real, they don't like some of the dentists, just like any database, some of the dentists aren't going to be true. Like they're not going to be what, who they say they are in that database. And so you just call and ask questions. Say, what is your approach to fluoride? What is your approach to a poor um, palate, uh, to poor jaw development? How, what are ways that you do to encourage um, good jaw development? What do you do for cavities? Those are the type of questions you might want to ask. Um, or an airway orthodontist. Um, again, I know that's not an easy one to find, but if they're promoting braces right off the bat, that's probably, I mean, unless your palate's perfect, that's probably not going to be the perfect thing. Because um, again, braces are just cosmetic. And I'm going to get some really yeah. big hate comments for that, I know. <laughs> but they are cosmetic. Um, they do help to straighten the teeth, which can be helpful. But at the same time, we need a, a, a wide enough, a big enough palate. So uh, a myofunctional therapist would be good as well. I will forever sing the praises of CFT um, because if the fascia are tight, it's restricting flow of the lymph and of all of it. And so definitely if you can get some body work in, especially if you're going to be working on the palate um, and expanding the palate, definitely get some body work in. And then of course, finding a good muscle tester or um, doing a scan with Quantum Collective um, to help find the root, like some of the gut pathogens that are causing a lot of these issues too. Yep. I'm with you on that. Two things I'll add is chiropractic just uh, to get the neck aligned. You know, the first cervical, uh, your first neck vertebra is connected to your jaw and your inner ear. And uh, that affects the the sinuses and the adenoids and tonsils as well. So making sure that that is aligned properly will help drainage. Um, And then the other thing is I like how Lauren was saying that you know, a lot of it comes from gut microbiomes being off and things like that, but you're going to need someone to do some um, oral health care, essentially. And so the analogy I like is, you know, it may be, it may stem from fungal mold, parasitic virus or bacteria or food issues, but imagine that's like the hammer through the window. Sometimes you can take the hammer out of the window and that window will rebuild itself. But in, in our environment, uh, a lot of times you got to also rebuild the window. And so that's where those practitioners come into play. So um, um, I like that. I, All right. One thing that we didn't talk about yeah. with histamine, and I'm surprised you didn't mention it with the tonsils uh-huh. is food sensitivities. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, did you, oh, did you? Yeah. Dairy. Like that yeah. can be, you know, I am somebody who I did not want to go dairy free for my kids. Didn't want to do it. <laughs> and 
I need to do it. And it, cause it's hard and I get it as a mom. Cause you're looking for good, um, high fat, good protein. And, and it is a really good option. I get that, but it is something that can be really needed. Um, yeah. and so I would say dairy free, um, as well. And then that will help with the histamine too. Um, yeah. and it could be other, other food sensitivities like gluten. Um, gluten's a big one. Um, yeast, uh, soy, corn, um, any of the eggs, yeah. all the common ones. So yeah, all um, that. Look at I, I would say, and anytime a patient comes in with ear, nose or throat, anything, I immediately, I don't even test them. I say off dairy, Yeah. get off, get off dairy. Uh, we'll start there and yeah. see what changes. All right. Next one. Um, we did that. Let's just kind of go back. Uh, we're still talking about gut stuff. Uh, low stomach acid causes. That's mm-hmm. a, a really big one. This is, um, a, I don't want to say a hot topic, but it's a very, a topic that people need to know about because it's so common that it's normal. <laughs> you know, it's like common and normal, not the same thing, but when something becomes so common, it just almost becomes what people think is as the norm. So, uh, what do you think about stomach acid levels? Well, I think that, I mean, conventional medicine, it's almost funny how off they are with it because they think it's like the reversal, like it's the stomach acid flowing up. I think we talked about this in our last episode, but it's actually a lot of times there's just not enough stomach acid. You're not absorbing the nutrients or from the the nutrients from food. Your body can't break it down. So it's just going through the the intestines and it's just sitting there Um, and you're not getting that nutritional value from it. Um, how common is low stomach acid? I would say most people, like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know many people who don't have chronic stress, um, who don't have some type of gut pathogen that is probably at play in some of their, their symptoms. And so, yep. yeah. Yeah. I, I think that mental stress and stress of living in a fast society is a huge cause, um, for that, for mental stress. I mean, you, you have to do uh, the therapies, right? So prayer, meditation, you know, yoga, whatever it is for you working out, uh, that helps calm your central nervous system. I would say for mental stress, I like ashwagandha supreme. And then for central nervous system, just like a ton of adrenaline. I love Shisandra supreme. So that can really help because if your stress hormones up, then your body's never going to be in a digestive preferred state essentially. So it, it will, uh, like, think about if you're running from, a tiger, it's the classic example, right? Why would your body ever, uh, ever prioritize having good digestion? And the other one is good reproduction, right? Cause you're in fight or flight. You are trying to get your blood to your muscles to run or fight and taking blood away from your organs then stops uh, their function as efficiently. And so if you're in fight or flight, your body will never ever want to digest and reproduce. And so that goes for not only low stomach acid, but for reproduction uh, and infertility type stuff as well. Um, and then, you know, that's that's a huge one. I would say that the other one is going to be uh, SIBO and, and H. pylori and stuff, because th- what what SIBO and H. pylori does, especially H. pylori, if it's if it's uh, present, um, if you know, we have H. pylori in us. But it's when it turns toxic and overgrows, that's when we have an issue. And what does that is generally pesticides, EMF, bad diet, antibiotics, all that type of stuff. Um, But what happens is these bugs are really smart. And so H. pylori will turn down your stomach acid so that other pathogens can survive because Mm -hmm. our stomach acid is what's supposed to kill off bugs when it uh, 
you know, gets exposed in our foods and stuff like that in the gut. And so going after H. pylori, I like black cumin oil for that, golden thread and Mirinda, uh, black cumin oil being the one for pregnancy and breastfeeding. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Well, think about here. Here's, and then here's the nutrients, B1, zinc, and water and salt. So drink your water, get good salt. And then for B1 and zinc, I like Vervita Immune Armor, which is a spleen supplement. But in Chinese medicine, spleen's more related to digestion than the stomach is. So again, uh, traditional Chinese medicine for the win. Yeah. Knew it thousands of years ago, still holds true today. Yeah. So, and I would, I would, I would also add some good digestive enzymes um, yep. because it can take a long time to work on these things. You know, yes. I, I, have, I, I would say, I mean, I got done with my heartburn years ago and I still, you know, of course have the stress components and I've worked on all the gut pathogens. I don't really feel like that's an issue. And I still need those enzymes because it can take a long time to get your body out of that state of fight or flight. Um, and so, um, I would really encourage gastro digest. I absolutely yeah. love it. It has some mom's file in there. It's just like some really good stuff. Um, and if for kids, I like the, we've talked about that. The, is it Mighty Zymes? Vital Zymes from Thera yeah. and Claire Labs. They, they changed their label and they made it for adults. So they made, they made a lot more people question it for kids. Um, yeah. I, I typically do like, I would say start with a half. Sure. And then you yeah. could go to a whole, um, I, I go and they're chewables them. too. So, you know, kids will chew them up and stuff like that. And they taste, they taste great. So yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, and then there's also other ones I can link the Enzymedica ones. If you want to do one that's labeled for kids. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Last two questions. Let's go next to fatty liver. Something, the questions that I get about this are, uh, endless. Yeah. Um, well, and doctors literally say it's normal. Like they were yeah. like, there's nothing you can do. It's fine. And like, I remember this thing. Like, I still remember this patient. I remember what room they were in and they, their liver enzymes were elevated. They had just come from their GI. They told that they were told that they had fatty liver and that there's nothing they can do about it. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And this is right when my, the beginning of my waking up and I'm like, are like, this isn't normal. Like yeah. this, this is not normal. And, and so it is so common though. It is so common though that it seems normal. Dr. Charlie yep. said that at the beginning of the episode, and that is, I'm echoing that again. It is so common in adults that it seems normal, but it's not. And so uh, I would venture to guess diet has, and blood sugar has probably the biggest roles. And um, we're just a nation of processed foods. Even yep. healthier foods or uh, even the organic processed foods have a bunch of junk in them. And so yeah. it's, it's still eating whole foods is yeah. Where I yeah. was. And, and a lot of people, when they're asking this, they'll say, and we don't drink alcohol folks. If there's anything that you can get from this, it is not just caused from alcohol. Right. You know, a lot of people will be like, Oh yeah, I'm healthy. I don't drink alcohol. I'm like, well, it, it takes a lot more than that to be, to, you know, build your health. Um, Although not things, drinking it is the best thing. like Correct. I mean, it, obviously alcohol is going to create fatty liver regardless. But like if you're listening to this and you're asking that question, generally you're in this space. Like you're not really drinking alcohol uh, or, you know, much or at all. Right. Um, and so, you know, Lauren said liver enzymes. Um, so one of the things you can check on your blood work is ALT and AST. 
Anything above 26 is a little too high in my my book. So if, uh, one thing to note as well is AST also relates to uh, cardiac, so heart. And what you'll see is AST will drag up ALT and ALT can drag up AST as well. And so one of the things, if you're really, you know, healthy, so to speak, that's, I know that's relative. Um, and, but say you exercise a ton uh, and you're an avid person who works out, then your AST can elevate because you're working out so much and that will drag up both of them. So just know like, Hey, this is weird. I, I eat super clean. I do keto or paleo or carnivore or Mediterranean and I work out six days a week, but my AST and ALT are still high. My first guess is that you're overtraining. You're working out too much. Um, and so just know that that exists, but the, like by far the most common is fatty liver is causing high ALT and Lauren, you know, said right away, blood sugar by far the most is blood sugar. Insulin wreaks havoc on your system. When, when you are having a lifestyle that's promoting too much insulin, it will create a lot of inflammation. And the liver is the organ that is most associated with blood sugar regulation by far. Mm -hmm. And so um, I talk about this a ton in my blood sugar video, but let's, let's break down some of the, the basics. You know, your, your liver regulates your blood sugar but it regulates your hormones. It regulates your detox. It has so many dang functions um, that it's always it's always put to work essentially. And so diet, as we started out by saying, as Lauren said, is the most controllable. So that is the place to start. Before you even try herbs, your diet has to be on point or else you, know, you can't out supplement a toxic lifestyle. So if you buy all the supplements we talk about, you do them religiously, um, but you don't change your diet, you're fighting an uphill battle. You're wasting your money on supplements. Yeah. And, and cortisol with, um, with the blood sugar is a big factor too. And so if Huge. your life, if you're living that life of just go, go, go and constant stress, you, and, and eating a poor diet, cause typically you're too busy for healthy food. If you're living that life, I'm telling you, it is going to drive up your blood sugar and it's going to poorly, it's going to impact your health. Totally. And so for remedies though, that I like, um, I like to do ones that regulate blood sugar and at the same time also promote a good immune response towards viruses. I find viruses a ton in fatty liver. Um, and so Golden Thread Supreme, Japanese Knotweed Supreme, and then from Vervita, I like Regenerzyme Heart, Black Cumin Oil, and Circutonic. Those are going to be my top for fatty liver. And if you really are struggling, I throw in Shisandra Supreme for extra liver support. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. What about castor oil packs? What do you think? Oh, uh, yes. Well, I mean, I, I think castor oil packs are helpful for most things. I, I know I have a disclaimer on there not to use it during with, if you have gallstones, but I mean, it could be helpful, but like you have to be, you, I mean, there's probably not one case out there, maybe, maybe, maybe one of a, of a, of a gallstone moving and blocking the common bile duct. That's like the common, like in nursing school and in my master's, that's what you hear about. Um, is happening and they they make you get scared that it's going to happen but it really it really doesn't really happen it, if it does obviously that is a medical emergency and something yes. you go to the hospital for um, but typically if their gallstones are present then you know I would go more towards like the bodyguard supreme um, and 
um, and just seeing how big they are. Um, that totally. might be helpful. Uh, but I mean, cast oil packs in general, though, I mean, they're going to help you with insomnia. They're going to help you with constipation. They're going to help with your parasympathetic nervous system, which we all know with fatty liver is probably a factor. And so that would be a good thing to add on. Yep. It's because um, when you're using a casserole oil pack, you're probably at home relaxing. And that's yeah. probably a good thing to just do while you're doing all of that. Like it's people just need to do that more. Um, I know that we are and not necessarily be like stimulating our brains, watching TV, but just re- like really being focused and intentional um, with our minds. is really helpful. Um, one thing I will add before we go on to our last question, which still relates to this. Um, I like how you said bodyguard talking about gallstones. And the reason why is I had a patient in California, type one diabetic, and uh, her insulin was, you know, or her glucose was always high. Mm -hmm. And a couple of the things that made the biggest difference for her, Regenerzyme Heart made the biggest difference. And, And if you watch the blood sugar video, you hear me talk about Regenerzyme Heart, you realize how much of the components in there really balance blood sugar. Um, which obviously, you know, bouncing blood sugar also leads to healthy cardiovascular system. You know, Versendahl was no dummy. He was very intelligent when he created these products. Um, but another one that really helped her was bodyguard Supreme, as you just said. And Mm -hmm. the way that I will, the, the way that, you know, I got to that wasn't that she had gallstones, but it was that she was very sensitive to EMF. Oh, I didn't even say that. EMF. Yeah. And Bodyguard is from Supreme Nutrition was their top one for helping the body with EMF. And in my blood sugar video, Clinical Pearl, I think one of the biggest, if not the biggest driver of high blood sugar is our EMF because it's a constant distress signal and that creates constant cortisol. And cortisol, one of its main jobs is to raise blood sugar. In times, because if your blood sugar goes low, your that's your body is trying to survive, so it releases stress hormone to raise your blood sugar from stored uh, stored sugar stores in your liver. So again, you know everything relates to everything, but Bodyguard Supreme uh, has really helped uh, in cases of blood sugar because of the EMF component as well. So I'm happy that you said that. Yeah, yeah, that is. Man, it's amazing how multifunctional these these herbs are, um, and it's amazing how much EMF affects us. We do totally. have an EMF episode on our podcast that you can go back and listen to um, if you are curious our thoughts on that. Totally. Um, all right, last one kind of relates to the same. How, I mean, how many questions do you get about testosterone on a day? <laughs> a lot. Oh, a lot. Well, and for women and men, it's just, yep. there's, it's, it's all over the place. Women, I see low and high, uh, low. These are the women that say I have no libido. I have brain fog. I'm not like, I can't, I just don't have the, 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 the get up and go. And, yep. um, for high testosterone, these are going to be more of the PCOS women, um, with blood sugar issues. And then of course, men have low testosterone everywhere. I mean, I, I once had a 20 year, 21 year old with a testosterone of like 250. Like mm. it is, it should be 600. It should be like double that. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is shocking. And then, and then we're like, how are these men going to have kids? Um, right. we need to, we need the, we need the, the good population <laughs> to be, we don't, we don't need these. Um, I know the inf- the infertility is such a massive thing and male infertility is a big factor. And so testosterone yes. is a big factor. So what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah. So, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of crashed testosterone comes from too much insulin in the body and too much estrogen in the body. Yeah. And so we have estrogen dominance, which I, I think we, we have an episode on that. I'm sure I we think, do. I think we do. I mean, it's not like men are taking birth control. We're not saying that, but there's estrogen right. in the water. There's yep. estrogen in, um, in the plastics and fragrance. And so this is when you really need to get your, your man to understand that what they put on their body matters, what they eat. There's, there's plastics. I mean, there's forever chemicals in foods that we eat, even fast food. Like it's yeah. just, we, you really have to, if you clean up the lifestyle a lot of times for a man and you get their liver functioning, um, you probably will be able to help that a lot. Yeah. Th- that cologne ain't helping you brother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I do have some good clean options, um, that, um, that we use. I can link in the, in the show notes. I know it's not always easy to get a guy to switch over to clean products, but, um, I would just do what you can and, yeah. and find ones that work for you. I found ones that work for us and we have no problem. Um, but it is something that it, it does help and it does make a big difference. And then blood sugar for that too. Yeah. If you, um, are listening to this, what we just talked about for fatty liver, start there for testosterone as well. Yeah. Uh, like Lauren said, you got to support liver health. Um, what, what's happens is, uh, I find in males that when there's too much insulin, uh, in the system, it'll drop their testosterone, but then in females, it'll actually increase their testosterone, which is a PCOS type pattern. Yeah. And so, uh, the stuff that we just mentioned will help both of those cases. Uh, so, you know, what happens, there's a thing called aromatase and aromatase is basically when there's too much insulin, it converts your testosterone to more estrogen in males. And then, uh, what, what we do for that, you know, we've talked about uh, things already like Japanese knotweed is one of my favorite ones for that. Artichoke is a great one for men and females that actually artichoke literally just works on liver gallbladder and yep. especially gallbladder with bile flow. Um, and then one other one uh, that I'll throw on top of there is rosemary supreme, which is another one that's great for blood sugar because it also does EMF as well. Yeah. And it does, and it does estrogen. So that rosemary supremes are really underutilized one. It's a, uh, no pun intended, it's supreme antioxidant, which really helps the mitochondrial health. And when you have plummeted testosterone, generally your mitochondria of your organs that secrete it, like your adrenals and your ovaries are been, being beaten up by stuff. So this is another way of helping mitochondrial health. So would Rosemary Supreme be a good option for a woman that might be at risk for gestational diabetes? Yeah. I mean, I would. I, I A lot of people... Here's the thing. Rosemary is one where people are, you know, some people get um, bent out of shape of it's not pregnancy and breastfeeding safe. I've used it for a decade with pregnant and breastfeeding people with, with no issue. And when I say people, I mean, females. I'm, Don't I'm get sorry. It twisted, I, was, I was about to correct you. Don't like, get it twisted. As, as I said it, it as I said it, I, I knew my mind went right <laughs> to that. So don't get it twisted folks. Uh, I'm still the women. same Dr. Charlie. I haven't changed. Pregnant women. <laughs> yeah, that's pregnant women. Oh, that's um, funny. But I meant like people of my patients, essentially. Yeah. And so um, I've used it with no issues. And so that's a really good one because the other ones we've mentioned um, from Supreme aren't as uh, pregnancy and breastfeeding friendly, so to speak. So, you know, Regen Heart is, Black Cumin Oil is, Circuitonic is, Rosemary is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and then oh, and- with testosterone... 
Oh, what were you saying? I was going to say uh, to boost testosterone, just to know yeah. how to do that, right? Yeah. Um, weight resistance training, obviously, Definitely. like lifestyle stuff is really big. Definitely. Um, and then zinc, I like immune armor again, building blood, healthy hormones. Um, and then I like Lurong Supreme as well, which is deer antler. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I like smidge oyster zinc. I think oysters mm. are just, I, I am not one that loves oysters. And so oh, I, how, I think, how do you not love oysters? They're I know so I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I think maybe I need to get them, get them made the right way. I don't know. Yeah. I think um, next time we're all together, we should go to a good oyster place and you should do it right. Maybe when we're I'm down there in Nashville for, uh, your, uh, comp, your, what yes. is it? Yeah. Uh, for it's trenches, Nashville in October, we can go yeah. to, uh, the, uh, the alchemist or is it the no it's the optimist the optimist is the place for oysters in nashville okay okay I'm, i need to figure it out but oyster zinc smidge oyster zinc is great lou wrong is great ashwagandha helps with uh, mental stress and it helps with testosterone too so i think that's a good one um to add on to um and having enough minerals um checking vitamin d status is also um important too so yeah. i agree with all of that um yeah all right. That is everything. What's your favorite saying at the end of the episodes? Oh, this is not medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all in the next one.